Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and uh, a little late this week. Uh, my fault, as, the, uh, as my fall allergies kicked in yesterday, so I was uh, incapacitated for, uh, for Stewsdays, but we can go to Swendays, Swensdays, I guess <laughs> maybe the allergies are affecting my ability to speak, uh, and, uh, and, and bring on Stu Kedwell, RBC Global Asset Management's uh, co-head of North American Equity. Stu, uh, welcome and sorry about yesterday. And no problem at all, Dave. Uh, we've done, uh, my middle name was Thurston, and uh, so I need a nickname for Wednesdays. The, the, there you go. I can tell you what uh, what my nickname is. It's Puffy Eyes. It's, uh, it's a good <laughs> thing this is a, uh, a, a podcast. My eyes are swollen up so much, they're, uh, they're pretty much slammed shut. So I'll, I'll leave people with that visual, but we'll get on to the more important stuff. And, uh, you know, it is, it, as I say, we, we, are, we are moving to the, we moved into the unofficial uh, end of summer, which was uh, Labor Day and into the fall. And uh, September, October, historically, have been periods of, uh, with, with lots of volatility, uh, roll in a global pandemic and a potential second wave. And of course, there's, I think there's an election coming up in the US. There may be, I, I, if I watch the news, they don't talk about it a whole lot. Uh, so um, you're, you're managing billions of dollars uh, in Canada and the, and the US and looking at the global economy. Geez, what what are what are you paying closest attention to right now, and and what do you think is the is the most relevant thing for investors to think about? Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, it's a great question, and there's there's definitely lots to pay attention to. Uh, you know, thanks for having me, regardless of the day of the week, as always. Um, yeah, when you're when you're thinking about this environment, the first thing is you're mentally preparing yourself for a, a very wide range of outcomes, um, which uh, you know, equity investors. Uh, you know, what that means for us, you know, we're always kind of thinking longer term and um, we're trying not to be shaken by what will undoubtedly be a very fascinating uh, two or three months on multiple fronts. Um, so very important to, you know, think about a broad range of outcomes in advance, in advance. That's, uh, you know, one of the key things here. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we have a high degree of economic uncertainty. Um, we have deferral programs starting to end on the loan front. We have an economy that has done, I would say, better than people expected, but the heavier lifting might be a little bit tougher from here. We have a high degree of political uncertainty uh, on both fronts, uh, more so in the United States, but you know, nevertheless, a minority government in Canada. And um, we have healthcare uncertainty, which uh, you know could be a positive in some respects uh, as we you know, think about vaccines and potential treatments and things like this, because while people are worried about a second wave, uh, you know, the evidence seems to show so far anyways, that when we get a bit of a second wave, we're not having the same type of mortality that we've had in the past, which is a big difference. So, um, you know, we know there's three sources of uncertainty and, um, and we're kind of prepared for it in advance. Um, you know, you mentioned your your puffy eyes, uh, which, uh, you know, you're looking at the stock market and saying, you know, can I believe it? The stock market is at very high levels with all these sources of uncertainty. And, um, you know, what does that kind of mean? And, you know, the way we're thinking about that is, is uh, valuations uh, for many businesses uh, are at levels that would be hard to maintain in perpetuity in normal circumstances. Um, but circumstances aren't really normal because interest rates are so low and the purchasing power of your money has to be taken into consideration. And 
when we look at the equity risk premium in the stock market, so what that does is it tries to, to break the multiple of the market down into interest rates and the extra risk premium you get for buying equities. The risk premium is not as far off average as, as uh, the outright valuation would suggest, which means that a lot of this has been driven by the low interest rate environment and um, real interest rates are negative. We've talked about that on past calls. Um, central banks are very focused on having ele elevated asset pricing because it provides real assistance to the economy. They don't want to deal with slow growth and poor asset pricing. So, you know, our kind of working assumptions are that, you know, real growth will be slow. There'll be some bumps in the road. We know that um, when central banks are this accommodative, it leads to some behavior in the short term. People take on some more risk than they might uh, want to. You know, some of you have heard about uh, this very large option uh, buyer that was uh, that came from SoftBank that's created all sorts of volatility in the market. So, you know, again, going back to those, you know, we know there's uncertainty. We know that people are doing things in the stock market that uh, might create volatility. But when we weigh that all together, uh, we think that um, interest rates are likely to remain low and valuations uh, likely to remain at higher levels. You know, people ask us a lot about government deficits and um, what will happen to taxes in the future. I think governments will be slow to react on the tax front. And an important thing to remember is that with interest rates being so low, this extra debt is not costing as much money as it uh, might have in the past. Uh, we sat down with another bank's economist last week and and in some respects, you know, looking at the Canadian federal government's interest bill, it might actually be lower uh, even with all this extra debt. So that's, uh, that's an important offset. I think, you know, the things that we keep in the back of our mind are that, uh, you know, central banks uh, are very focused on, um, on keeping asset prices at reasonable levels uh, because of what it does to the economy and governments uh, everyone wants to see uh, less COVID and a successful reopening. So, you know, people's heads are in the right spot, um, and um, and that's kind of what we're what we're focused on here. But it's not an environment, and um, you know, we've talked in the past also when volatility is on the horizon, the number one tool is dollar cost averaging. Yeah, and and I, you know, Stu, I, as, as as always, you um, you're, you're you're so good at articulating. Uh, you know, very clearly what's going on in the markets, what you see going on in the markets. You focus a lot in comments on the on on interest rate policy and the impact that that has on valuations and other things. But the one thing I hope investors who listen to this podcast took away from your comments was 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 where you started. And, and that's that you you you've you've ma you've mapped out various possible outcomes, which suggests to me, which I, and I know you always have is a plan of how to deal with something. You're thinking and planning about it in advance of when it happens. You've laid out the scenario. So you're prepared for different things that can happen. And that's so important for investors to do uh, the, themselves. And that that's not just their investment plan, but a financial plan to, 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 to sit down and think about what are the possibilities with a professional, if that's what, uh, what, you, what you need, because I think that's always a good piece of support. But that plan and that preparation for possible outcomes when you're facing volatility and then dollar cost averaging is just uh, so important for investors. 100% Dave. Stu, thanks again and, and, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Dave.